Welcome to this episode of TechLinky Conversation. I'm Eddie Grant, a director at Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, our knowledge management tool for all things tax, trusts, pensions, and much, much more. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Claire Trott, a fellow Technical Connection director. Thank you for joining us today, Claire. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Eddie. Uh, thanks for, for letting me talk about this subject. It's very, very, very important. Absolutely. And before we start talking about all things pensions, obviously, I've got the most important question is uh, in relation to what's going to get you through this uh, this talk today. Uh, my, just so you're aware, my uh, uh, drink of choice today is actually a Victoria Grey tea, which uh, which has lavender and uh, and honey in it. So, uh, what's your special drink today? My special drink is the same special drink it always is when you ask me, Eddie. I only drink one type of tea, white tea, and that's not builder's tea. Before anyone asks, that is actual white tea, like green tea, but actually nice. So, uh, yeah, buckets of the stuff I drink. So let's move on to less important things. Let's talk about uh, pensions. And um, so I'm just taking myself back 12 months. The Chancellor in the uh, spring budget of 2023 announced the abolition of the lifetime allowance. And that was going to come into effect this April. So the, the real big question to ask is, is that actually going to happen? Well, allegedly so. And I say allegedly so. We're still, depending on when you're listening to this, waiting for royal assent of the finance uh, finance bill to the Finance Act um, that was published in November. Um, however, when that goes through, it's going through with no changes, um, although there's lots of things that need amending. Um, it's probably the politest way to put it in there. Um, and um, listening to HMRC on various calls recently, there's going to be some more regulations issued to fix errors, um, tighten up rules, uh, fix unintended consequences that we always get with this kind of uh, transitional legislation and new legislation. Uh, so there'll be um, definitely a moving feast all the way up until April, but the legislation in its main form um, should go through, which means that this should happen on the 6th of April. Brilliant. Um, and uh, so they're going to add abolish the uh, lifetime allowance um, so we can all assume they're going to replace it with something new then of course they are of course they are. it's not going to be a free-for-all um, that would just be probably slightly insane but what they're doing is they're trying to limit lump sums going forward so that's what it's all about the tax-free lump sums that are going to be paid so what we're getting for uh, those onshore is going to be two new allowances so there's the lump sum allowance lsa and the lump sum and death benefit allowance, LSDBA, I finally got those acronyms in my head, uh, and the LSA tests tax-free amounts in life, and the LSDBA tests tax-free amounts both in life and at the point of death. Um, so uh, they're, they're there to restrict the tax-free part, and anything over and above that generally will be income tax. So there won't be an restriction on benefits as a whole anymore, but on just on those tax-free portions that you can you can get um you'd be probably quite interested to the standard lsa is 268275 which may sound very familiar because it's 25 percent of the current lifetime allowance and the standard lsdba is 1.0731 million which again is 
akin to the standard lifetime allowance at the moment. Um, there are there is another allowance that I'm just going to touch on, but I don't think we should talk about today because it's still a moving feast. Is the overseas transfer allowance, uh, and that's the same amount as a standard as the um, LSDBA at the 1.0731 million. Uh, but there's a lot of discussions around them tightening up the rules around that. So um, I think that one, we probably should leave it for another day. Um, and if I'm in right in understanding, they used to test um, all benefits against the lifetime allowance. So how's that going to work going forward if there's no lifetime allowance? It, exactly. So they, there's a couple of things. They're converting old uh, lifetime allowance usage into the new rules and we've got a great article on TechLink that talks about that. Um, they're also going to be um, streamlining the benefit crystallization event regime. So we used to have 13 tests numbered one to nine um, and those tests um, it tested both income and lump sum benefits um, against the lifetime allowance. What we're going to have now is we're going to have these benefit crystallization events numbered one to four and number six. So one to four are more about the income. So why are we still testing the income if we're not limiting it? Well, we need to know what that is in order to be able to tell how much tax free amounts we can have, because we're still limited to that 25 percent of the amount you're crystallizing or in the new world, one third of that benefit crystallization event that relates to income. So it's it all works out about the same, but their terminology is slightly different. But we have this benefit crystallization event six, which tests all relevant lump sums. And that's swept in what one used to be seven as well, which is the relevant death benefits as well. So we're looking at those, but even within that, some things won't be tested. Um, so we'll be looking at whether or not within that benefit crystallization crystallization event six are we looking at a relevant benefit crystallization event within that benefit crystallization six so and we only test the relevant benefit crystallization events so uh slightly long-winded but um, we're still doing tests there should be less tests but we still have these same same nuances that we probably had before like pension commencement lump sum must be paid with the commencement of a pension hence the name um, and those are limited accordingly. I, I think that I think that was a competition to see how many times you could say benefit crystallization. So uh, I think you won that you won that competition. I was writing a document on it this morning. I think I've written it more times than I've said it today. Um, and uh, it's it's definitely one to get the brain around. BCE is what we use, but I used the long words today. Brilliant. Um, and uh, I, I was chatting to someone the other day and uh, and they were telling me that it's possible to get more tax free cash next year. Um, are they correct? Uh, in some circumstances, yes. Um, there's within all of this, HMRC have said we don't want to put you in a worse position than you were in last year. But because we're testing lump sums going forward, if you've not taken the full lump sum allowance, even based on the old rules, we should give you that opportunity to do that. Um, so what's going to be available um, is um, a transitional tax-free amount certificate. And what that does is you provide full and complete evidence, and that's really important, full and complete evidence of any lump sums taken, so tax-free cash taken from your schemes, 
do the scheme you're currently a member of with uncrystallized funds and intend to take some cash from there. Um, if that is less than, so you should only apply, should I say, if that is less than 25% of your lifetime allowance. Um, and if it's less, then when we do the calculations to see what you've used in the past, we'll use that lower number. But there's some caveats around that. If you don't check whether or not you have used less and you apply for it and you've used more, then that's, according to HMRC, the transitional tax-free amount will still apply uh, because you wouldn't be in a worse position than you were before. And you think, well, this is quite complex. And again, this is where advice and advisors um, can really add value. You don't want to be applying for something that's going to put you in a worse position. So there's lots of sort of things to, to think about there. But as a general rule, who it may or may not impact, who who's likely to see a benefit for applying for one of these? Well, there's kind of a couple of big areas. So a lot of people in the public sector uh, or people with defined benefit schemes who didn't commute for cash in the past. Um, so if they said, well, your pension is 20 grand, you can commute some of that and get some tax free cash. And they went, no, I'll have the income then they've had no tax-free cash. So they might be a benefit because in the grand scheme of things, they've had less cash. There's also a couple of years where the lifetime allowances was less than it is now. It was 1 million and 1.03 million. And those people who took tax-free cash at that point, they have taken less than the 268, 275. So there's, there's those sort of things to, to consider. I should also add here that um, I'm talking about the standard allowances, but for those people with the fixed protection, um, and primary protection, all of those things, all the protections still work in their own nuanced way as they do. But we might see people with a, uh, a lump sum allowance of 450, so 450,000, if they have fixed protection from 2012 when the lifetime allowance was 1.8 million. So there's, there's lots of things to consider uh, regarding these sort of conversions. And that's the difficult part. It's the conversion from the old rules to the new rules. The new rules are actually relatively simple and sensible, but it's the transitional part that, that's causing all the headaches. So it absolutely feels like there's a need for clients to take advice and for um, advisors to really make sure they're on top of this. So what would you say um, advisors should be telling their clients before these changes come in? Well, I think the first point is don't panic. Um, because it shouldn't, and I say shouldn't because the legislation is still changing, put anyone in a worse position than they were before. But there are some nuances about things when they're tested. So take, for example, the death benefits and the death benefits are set against the lump sum and death benefit allowance. Um, if they've been, if they come from benefits that were crystallized before the change, so before the 6th of April 2024, they won't be retested on death if they're paid out as a lump sum. So you know, there's a good number of ifs there. So if I took benefits this year and put the residual into drawdown, and then if I die next year, and if that is paid out as a lump sum, it won't be tested because it was already tested against this year's life or this lifetime allowance rather than the new benefits. So there may be some scope for people who've already used up all of their lifetime allowance that, you know, they're just thinking, actually, I want that flexibility in the future to be able to access more lump sum death benefits because I'm not likely to leave it as drawdown, then they might sort of start considering doing things like that. There's some other little bits and pieces of people who've taken benefits from many, many moons ago, 
um, and uh, they've not been tested against the lifetime allowance. There's some considerations surrounding that, how they work. We say this every time that um, you still use the 25 times the pension in payment to do that calculation. So doing that before they get another pay rise from their from their pension is likely to be a defined benefit or an annuity then the, the test against the allowance is lower. And as the allowances themselves aren't really changing, they're changing the way they're testing, doing it before they get another increase um, can definitely help um, use up less of that and give the option for possibly tax-free cash next year. So I think having a look at the client base, having a look at what um, those people who are near or above the lifetime allowance, those that are nowhere near it, um, unlikely to get near it, this will probably be not an issue for them. Um, uh, unless they've got that scope to take a bit more cash, but still it's it's unlikely that it will impact them in the same way as those people who have the more significant funds. So keeping up to date is obviously critical for advisors. Um, what would be, in your opinion, the best way to keep up to date on this? I think, think this is a loaded question slightly, but obviously technically we've, le we've released five bulletins, well not even bulletins, five library documents um, this week that cover things like that transitional certificate, that cover um, areas about the, life, uh, the lump sum allowance, the lump sum and death benefit allowance, and the transitional way to calculate as a standard how much of those have been used. Uh, the next one on the cards is actually going to be about the benefit crystallisation events, hence I was writing it this morning, how that works. Um, and we will continue to tick these off as we get more clarity on different parts. So there will be more and more coming out. So definitely worth um, looking that up. And we've got a whole new section in TechLink called Lump Sum Allowances from 2024. Uh, so uh, all of that should be in there um, and available. So we've got one to five now and some general overview documents as well. So you think that was a loaded question then? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> well, that's, uh, if ever there was a reason to subscribe to TechLink, uh, this this would be one of them. I think um, so. <laughs> and in terms of um, you know sharing great uh, tips, and uh, uh, we always like our, our listeners to to walk away with with a with a great tip. Uh, what would you say that advisors need to do, uh, and uh, and what would be the priority? It's really just staying on top of this. Um, as I said earlier, the the fact that we were going to see royal assent of this, but with errors in the legislation um, means that there will be things that will change between now and April and even possibly after April if they don't get the legislation to amend things put through. Uh, so you may see great headlines about things but that doesn't mean they'll still be in force when we get to April um, if, if there is things and loopholes particularly uh, and if any of this legislation is used uh, in a way that HMRC didn't want it to be used they have the powers to change it this time relatively easily which hasn't been something they've been able to do before previously they've had to change things with primary legislation again this one they can change it with secondary legislation which is a lot quicker a lot easier and makes them a lot more nimble to fix things and close loopholes if people start trying to uh, to use them brilliant thank you so much for your time today claire um as always you know incredible insights uh, really really informative uh, it, it as always, always great to, to catch up and thank you for your time. No problem. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. 
Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned as a result of such action or inaction.